for example, we found that 75% of employees are more likely to leave if their manager isn't open and honest. Hello, and a big welcome to Hot Sauce, where we'll cover the hottest topics within Sauce, together with brilliant guests. Are you also curious about fast-growing companies and the people behind them? Welcome aboard. My name is Max Nyman, I'm the CEO of LimeGo, and this is an interactive podcast where you can give suggestions on upcoming guests and topics. You can also jump into discussions with other listeners by leaving comments or upvoting their suggestions. I'm determined to become one of the greatest within B2B sauce, which is why I invite thought leaders and pick their brains about how to scale their companies. However, there are so many fast-growing companies out there and new ones appearing all the time. I only know a fraction, and that's why I want to give you the opportunity to have an impact on the episodes and its content. Hit the link in the episode to interact and affect. Enough already, let's get to it. All right, warm welcome, Fredrik, how you doing? I'm doing well, thank you very much, much Max, nice to be here today. Nice, yeah, good to have you on board. And for the people listening, which uh, company are you at and what is your role? I'm uh, the CEO of uh, Vimingtemp, the leading uh, employee engagement platform. Uh, hmm? And just in short, like the, the pitch, what kind of problems do you solve? Yeah, actually, uh, the name Winning Temp, as you can hear, stands for the winning temperature. The mm-hmm. purpose is all about getting the optimal temperature in your organization to reach success. So our vision is basically to forever change how people succeed together. Nice. Makes a lot of sense. And a good name. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, to set the scene a bit for the people not knowing a lot about Winning Temp, can you tell me a bit about uh, like current ARR or headcount, just approximate numbers? You could say that uh, we have customers all over the globe in yeah. uh, 30 countries or so with a strong presence, of course, in our home markets. And we focus our internationalization on a few selected markets outside of the Nordics. Today, we are about 100 employees uh, in the company of today. And um, basically, we have customers of all sizes and in all industries uh, mm. across the board. Fact is that everyone can benefit from understanding their most important asset better, their people. Mm. Yeah. And uh, talking a bit about the, the ICP, because as you say, a lot of companies should measure this and can get a lot of value from it because all companies have people <laughs> running them, right? Mm. Uh, what, what is the sweet spot for you uh, to, um, to sell to? What we have found out is that uh, we need to have an ICP that is uh, high uh, mid-market customers. That's our sweet spot. Uh, because then the organization is um, big enough so that you do not meet every person every day. And uh, it's actually also the reason for me when I joined the Viming Temp was uh, that I I quickly understood the value proposition. Because when you get the opportunity to really understand and dig under the the skin of your people on a weekly basis to understand how they feel, you can get the temperature and you can actually help them perform in a better way, which was super powerful to me the first time I saw Viming Temp. It makes a lot of sense, yeah, to, to get the pulse uh, if you don't sit next to a person uh, side by side, day by day. So so a, a bit of a bigger organization then. Yeah. Mm. And is it uh, like the majority of the tech uh, for the company, is that of relevance? Like I can imagine tech companies perhaps are a bit more focused on the employee MPS, maybe old industrial companies are not that up to date or am I just wrong here? Yeah, I think uh, you're partly wrong because as I said, okay. I think uh, the trend 
across the board is that people value uh, their most important asset, their people more and more in all industries today. But of course, uh, you can see where you have the human capital as your uh, asset, uh, consultancy firms, etc., people-intensive, white-collar type of organizations. Hmm. The, the value is often perceived as higher, but I would not rule uh, manufacturing or other industries out from that perspective. Yeah. That's good. It's just me being uh, in a box then. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit old-fashioned. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on and, and talk a bit about you. Uh, can you tell me a bit about what you've done before Winning Temp and perhaps also some of the experiences that you brought into your role now as a CRO? Yeah, I spent my, my career uh, in the software industry, both uh, working for uh, the leading big global ones, uh, as yep. well as small start and scale-ups. So I worked for companies such as Oracle, IBM, and most recently before joining Winning Temp, uh, I was with uh, Salesforce. Nope. And I view these big ones as uh, my second university, sort of. This mm-hmm. is where I, I actually learned what good looks like. like and, and I also thrive when I get the opportunity to use this knowledge and experience in, in helping companies scale and help yep. bring people to the full potential. So from a personal perspective, from the get-go, I was this, I sort of made up my mind early on to go for a career in sales first, uh, first and foremost, but aiming to go into a leadership uh, position in an, in an international context. And I've honestly, Max, never regretted this decision one second. Yeah. I'm quite on the contrary, because I value it daily as I constantly get the opportunity to learn, improve and help others succeed. So I'm still fascinated by the meeting with people and what I learn in those interactions. Mm-hmm. Nice. And that, that's uh, interesting because I guess there's uh, two different ways of looking at it. Either you go to a big company with like a lot of good mentors and, and role models and you learn from them or you go to a small one and just trial and error yourself. And uh, I guess uh, you're, you're very happy with the decision that you made. Yeah, it's fantastic. And uh, in a smaller organization, you basically know each and every one, right? And uh, yeah. you also have a possibility to really impact on how we do things uh, around here. Yeah. Uh, but I'm getting a bit curious now talking about the uh, like the guidance that you've gotten uh, over the years from these companies, uh, obviously. Can you share some of the key learnings that you've gotten and perhaps can, as you say, implement now and like see the result of it? What, uh, what can you uh, take from those experiences? Yeah, a uh, couple of ones uh, comes to mind, right? I, I think that what these companies actually excel in is uh, sales. Um, they really know how to run a structured sales process and, and also uh, how to manage a sales team, ensuring that you actually get that success uh, that you, you need, right? And, and getting the growth that you need. And I, I think I was intrigued coming into Salesforce on how well they run their sales organization and how well they do uh, customer excellence. Everything revolves around the customer and how well they team up all levels in the organizations. The functions that you need are there to support you on the sales journey, ensuring that you get the message across, supporting the customer from A to Z to reach their success. And I think that has taught me a lot um, about what, how you should do it today. And that's also a, quite telling from the, the transformation that the uh, industry has gone, gone about. I mean, from the get-go, when I started, it was uh, the power was more or less with the vendor, right? Because yeah. the big ones really dictated the, the terms and conditions and the customers just had to adhere. What SaaS has done to this is that they've sort of changed the balance around 
And you need to be much better at understanding your customer's core business, supporting it all the way to make sure that they uh, are intrigued with what you offer, that they are successful about uh, onboarding it and, and really getting the value and that they stick with you. So you need to make sure that you have the, the full circle uh, covered in that respect. Mm. So, so basically the customer is the number one focus and all departments are aligned in just helping sales close the customer or make the customer happy. Exactly that, yes. Yeah. And I mean, that sounds awesome, but how do you do it? <laughs> like, uh, do, do you have some sort of uh, advice or things that you've seen work or not work in how to maybe create that cross-departmental alignment or uh, maybe a North Star that you run towards the same goal? Uh, I, I think uh, it's a cultural thing, right? Customer yeah. excellence should be in, in your genes. It should be ingrained in the woodworks, in the walls, right? Um, yeah. But, but it's a leadership thing as well. Uh, you, should, you need to keep the curiosity and the interest of, of getting out there, getting in front of the customers, really uh, having that genuine interest to sit down, understand what's working, what's not, what can we fix? How can we ensure that we build a solid partnership together that actually uh, creates the success, the mutual success that we are? Um, that's the reason for, for us meeting in the first place. So yeah. the leadership... Is, is of essence here. Uh, and with that, uh, you, uh, I think that's sort of the nucleus for actually having, uh, you can have the best uh, processes and, and uh, everything without leaders uh, actually living uh, the values of, of um, the customer excellence. Mm. You, 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 you are not reaching the top of the pyramid. Yeah. I, I hear you and I agree. <laughs> uh, and moving on maybe to that topic a bit about culture. Um, can you share some of the things that you've learned from the past experiences or things that you are doing right now at Winning Temp that perhaps is working or has not worked? Um, small or big? Small or big. Yeah, I, I think that... Um, um, Culture, as I said, it's something that um, is closely tied again to leadership. It sets the tone for the whole organization. One of my main goals uh, to build a culture is trust. And uh, recently we actually created a report based on millions of collected data points from the past 18 months among our customers and uncovered some interesting trends related to, to trust. And for example, we found that 75% of employees are more likely to leave if their manager isn't open and honest. And personally, uh, relating to that, I see it as my job as a leader to nurture and culture trust, psychological safety and uh, team transparency on where we are and where we're going, leading to teamwork, high performance and business results at the end of the day. So I I try to lead by being uh, as, as, as transparent as I can owning to my mistakes and actively seeking feedback from each and every one in my organization. So I get that input from others. I believe that this approach has a positive impact on the whole team's culture. And one important part of of keeping me on track is to get that continuous feedback and listening to employees. I use actually our own tool to collect that real-time feedback about key metrics such as trust, engagement, leadership, and so forth. And this is a game changer for me when it comes to making informed decisions and creating a healthy work environment. Yeah. We, we had a 
an internal education during the spring where we talked about uh, the two jobs for a manager to be done. It's basically results and retention. Yeah. So you should keep the people on board, but make them deliver. Because if you only have results, but people hate it, yeah, obviously it's not going to work long term. <laughs> or everybody's staying, but they yeah don't perform at all, then still you're not doing a good job. And the whole idea is that how can you create that results and retention culture? It is yeah. through trust. Like that's the major key to unlock it. And then I think, as you say, uh, one of the tools to, to measure it is obviously something that you should have in place to get that uh, that pulse. Yeah. Um, but, but coming back to culture again, I, I yeah. think that, uh, I, I mean, I grew, I've grown up in sales, but my, my absolute conviction is that all successful businesses talking about results is that uh, I think that all successful businesses need to have what I call a sales culture. Everyone might not be in sales, but uh, everyone has a customer. So having a clearly defined vision and mission for your business, where you have a strong work, working ethics and where you deserve the trust of your customer's business by serving them in the best possible way, you have the best quality in what you do and are able to attract the best talent and keeping the best talent as well. Yeah, and uh, for me, coming from a sales perspective, I like it. But I can imagine a, a lot of people listening are like, nope, don't want I know, that. I know, I know, but <laughs> still, I, I push this. I think it's relevant. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And uh, uh, talking about culture, because uh, one thing definitely is like trust and leadership and so on. Um, what what else would you say are good things that either you do, your team, or Winning Temp as a whole to like create a good culture or a good mindset, a healthy one? I think it's all about uh, being accountable for your deals, uh, dealings in, on a daily basis, irrespective of your roles, and, and really teaming up, sharing experiences, but also making sure that we actually celebrate our wins and achievements, and we do that in many different ways. Uh, different ways we communicate and celebrate in slack we give praise in our own tool to each other Um, we have contests uh, crossing the whole company uh, with the customer excellence perspective and we also honor the strong achievements on a yearly basis on our kickoffs and so forth Um, and uh, i think that's a strong cultural uh, foundation for us to actually have that positive momentum but also looking into when we actually lose deals. So we have a clear process for that as well. Understanding why we lose and uh, we do reviews and dig into the details to really understand where we actually failed and why we lost uh, the deal in this mm. case. Mm. Yeah, uh, it's important to do both. And I think uh, sometimes uh, some organizations are stuck doing either or. Uh, depending on the the mindset for yeah either the the leaders or where you're at uh, as a whole. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, I want to move uh, to another topic. Talk a bit about uh, hiring and onboarding. Uh, mm. Can you tell me a bit about your uh, hiring process? How do you find new talents? Yeah, actually, we do it uh, to a large extent by ourselves through networks. I, I mm. think a very uh, good way of hiring is to, to ensure that you hire good people from the get-go and then ask them to go into their networks because then usually you have done a lot of the qualification up front. Mm. Uh, and when I hire, I, I look to ensure that we have uh, an unbiased process, of course, where we treat uh, and evaluate all the candidates in the same, same way. Um, and um, 
Hiring uh, is a sales process. So when you want to get to the best candidates, you need to ensure that you act fast, that uh, you are open and transparent uh, and uh, professional in, in all dealings, right? So that uh, you do not keep the candidate waiting. Hmm. And, and for me, it's all about hiring achievers, people with the right mentality that are high performance and, and uh, can-do attitude. And of course, having the right skills and educations is uh, key. But without the right mentality, it's it's not worth much, to be honest. Mm. But at Binning Temp, we are uh, so lucky. We have an excellent HR department with a well-established pre- and on uh, onboarding process. Yeah. That plays a crucial role in quickly fostering employee engagement. And all employees joining Binning Temp has to record a video of themselves giving an introduction to the rest of the organization that we uh, send out to the organization. So when someone comes on board, we already know them. And it's a little bit awkward to make that recording. I know from my own experience, <laughs> yeah. but it's really strong because you, you get to present who you are, uh, not only in a professional context, but as a person. So um, how long is the video? Uh, just like a couple of minutes. It's really up to you. Okay. Um, mm. how, how long you want to make it? Yeah, but, it's not uh, like, but a, sorry. It's not saying? like a three minute long music video where you have to dance or. <laughs> It's, again, it's up to you. I haven't seen yeah. that, but it could be quite interesting if someone did that. Yeah. But, but of course, onboarding is, is important. It's, it's uh, something that we really emphasize because it's your first uh, encounter with your new uh, workplace. So it's all about setting clear expectations and effectively communicating the company's visions and goals. So um, we, we really believe in sending out an onboarding survey to gather feedback from our new hires, which is not only helps us improve our process, but also ensures that we continually enhance the onboarding experience. Mm. Yeah, I like that uh, introduction video. I think it's a good idea. Um, yeah. we, we have a, an image and a, like a text introduction, but I think a video is more alive. So I'm, I'm going to steal that one. Bam, you're free free. <laughs> yeah. And just tapping into, you said that uh, like the hiring process is similar to a sales process. And you also yeah. said before that you've gotten a lot of experience on like a structured, uh, well thought out sales process. Uh, can you share a bit more on like those learnings or perhaps the, the similarities between the process and following a really good structure and making it really um, yeah, top notch to, to uh, hire that candidate or close that deal? ensuring that you're on top of uh, the details and who's to be involved when it comes to, to hiring which setting from the get-go when you when you uh, decide to go for a new new position maybe uh, that you know which people are to to be involved and when which and then when it's something really strategic i think also the physical meeting is of essence so that you get uh, maybe to meet our ceo uh, in some instances as well to get his story, why he founded the company and, and what the vision and mission is to hear it from the horse's mouth. Mm. But may, that could be the last step in the process. Otherwise, we have a battery of questions that we want to sort of go through and ensuring that uh, the customer really get the opportunity to ask structured questions where they can exemplify of what they have achieved and what experience they have from previous positions. So yeah. um, we are quite structured in how we interview as well. And uh, I, I uh, actually, at Salesforce, we were to actually certify for being interviewers. Even if I was a manager, I was not allowed if I did not have the certification. So oh, wow. adhering to the process and being really strict and not biased 
is is of course a lesson. Yeah. What what kind of uh, process steps were you have to go through to get that certification at Salesforce? It was uh, a training that you had to go through in order to to get that certification, and and it was a test at the end of the day. Ah, so like an e-learning would just click through now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that could be the beauty of it sometimes, yes. Yeah, <laughs> no, but that's, uh, that's interesting. Um, cool, and uh, let's move on to a new um, segment here. It's called the quick ones, so I'll shoot some quick questions sure. and I want the quick answers. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah, of course, always. All right, so favorite tool in your revenue tech stack? Yeah, I have to say CRM because that's where I am all the time. But uh, my favorite tool when it comes, it's my uh, Apple ecosystem. I love those devices and it helps me on a daily basis. Oh, that's a new one. Yeah, I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> and uh, if you were to give one sales advice to the people listening, young or senior, what would that be? You, sales advice or career advice? Sales. Um... Aim high and uh, be very diligent with the details so that you learn from the get-go how you run eff- uh, efficient sales processes. Uh, I, I have a, com- a friend of mine, just a, a little bit of an anecdote. Yeah, anyway, sure. he, he wrote a book that is called Kalla uh, Samtal, Cold Calls in Swedish. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's, he, was, he met uh, early on in his career with a guy when he tried to sell insurances with that old grumpy old fart that really uh, made a bad day for him because he didn't know anything about his customer. But later on in his career, he really understood that the importance of meeting that old grumpy guy taught him that you need to be on top of the details. Don't give each and every customer the same treatment. Ensure that you understand the details and how to position so that you uh, make your time and the customer's time worthwhile and that you win at the end of the day. So Mm. customer understanding is a lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks to that uh, old grumpy guy. (laughs) Exactly. What what uh, what is the author or the guy that wrote the book? What's his name? Uh, he, he I can send you that. It's called the Kalla Samtal uh, yeah. in Swedish, and um, his name is Henrik Bromé. He's in the insurance business. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, all right. A bit of a rabbit hole, but uh, let's get back yeah. to the, the the quick ones. Yeah. Uh, and since you asked for it, best career advice then? Uh, yeah. Understand where your passion lies and what you're good at and go for it. Uh, set high goals and go for them. Uh, ensure that you stay hungry and curious and that you take on new skills along the way. You're not done coming out of the university. You constantly have to, to learn new skills. Yeah. And be courageous as well. Do not do what everyone else does. Over-deliver, but also make sure that you balance. Uh, 80-20 principle, I think I like. Because uh, action is much more important than perfection. But uh, not least important, you, you need to ensure that you have fun as well. That makes life a lot easier and not at least tough sales processes as well. Mm. Yeah, good, strong advice. I like it. <laughs> and uh, if uh, I were to ask your team, which question does Fredrik ask the most? What would they answer? Uh, I am constantly asking for uh, pipeline details. <laughs> okay, so like uh, specific fields or, or how is it going with that one? Or... Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. And the, since I never asked before and I have to do it as a CRM damaged person, what, what is your CRM that you love hanging out in? 
uh, we have HubSpot. Ah, okay. Yeah, well, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, last um, last question on the quick ones. Uh, best, perhaps, book about um, personal development that you've read? Uh, seven Principles of Highly Efficient People. Still, old one, but good. And uh, just a quick learning from that one. Can you share something? Uh, start with the end in mind, but also seek to understand before being understood. And that's something that I think people tend to miss sometimes. You t- tend to try to convince someone before you understand what the person on the other side of the table really wants to achieve. That was a good one. Yeah, I'll uh, write that down. <laughs> <laughs> cool. We will. Yeah, yeah. You gave me a good teaser, so I have to. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's leave the quick ones and uh, move on to um, uh, another topic in terms of uh, work-life balance. And uh, I mean, you are the the CRO. I can imagine a lot of revenue focus, obviously, sales, marketing. Uh, but before going into that, can you share a bit? Like, what's your definition of of CRO, and what are you responsible of in terms of department at Winnington? Uh, I have a customer experience, as we call it, which customer success and customer support. Um, and we have marketing and sales. Okay. So those are the departments in my responsibility. So that's yes. approximately uh, half of the winning temp organization as of today. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, have you... Um... Would you say that you have a good work-life balance, and have you always had it? And if not, some learnings uh, across the uh, along the way. Yeah, uh, one of the companies that I used to work for that I mentioned earlier on, uh, I sort of got lost in translation a little bit. I, I was working hard as hell, as, and um, this is a few years back. But my family actually came up to me and said that I had to choose between the company or them. And that was a quite brutal uh, wake-up call. Wow. And of course, I had made the wrong priorities for the last three to four years or so. And uh, mm. enough was enough. So I actually made a, a change in my career and, and moved on to another uh, position, another company. Um, mm. And since then, I have tried to prioritize my time in a better way. I take care of uh, my physical and mental well-being much more. Uh, I practice yoga, I go for long walks, I do a lot of workout, etc., etc., and I, I go for walks occasionally without pods in my ears, actually. Yeah. Uh, and I try to prioritize my wife and, and kids much more. But uh, to be very honest, um, uh, for a quite active and, and goal-oriented person as myself, it's a constant battle with time, hmm. even though I have come to the conclusion that the better balance actually gives a better performance at the end of the day. So you need to really keep a close eye on it so you don't get, get lost. Mm. Yeah, and uh, I think that's a common trap to think that you have to do more because you'll end up at a better state, but the balance is actually the key to continue running the marathon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all the time. Uh, did it come as a shock when uh, you, let me if I can say that it was an intervention or was it uh, like uh, expected for you in terms of, did you know that the balance was so bad at that time? 
Yeah, I was, of course, aware of, of the issues it causes, especially when you are in a situation where you have quite small kids and a wife that also works full time, right? Mm. So uh, it was not a surprise, but the, the way it was sort of uh, portrayed uh, and the uh, depth of, of, uh, of this situation, that was like a, a wake-up call. In not yeah. a surprise, but a wake-up call, maybe. I can imagine. And sometimes maybe that's what you need to actually make yeah, a change, yeah. right? Absolutely. Mm. Mm. But uh, moving on to uh, like the, the CRO role, and you talked about the different departments. Um, there's a bit of a different opinion in terms of the, the CRO talking about customer success and uh, support, how they are contributing to the like revenue part of it. Mm. Uh, can you tell a bit about how you think of it as a chain or how they are all tied together to like get that machinery up and running uh what what kind of kpis do you look at and how do you measure it and uh, evaluate if it's good or not yeah i i um, spend a lot of time with my team to ensure that we actually get one revenue team with different responsibilities and we have um a, a monthly meeting where we go through a lot of things that helps us come together, understand and learn from each other. Um, and also working quite tightly in customer oriented teams so that we can help uh, bridge gaps and uh, also ensure that we uh, get the relevant information in time in order to help close deals, but also ensuring that we take care of problems and that we can also ensure, ensure that we get upsell and cross-sell uh, much more efficient so that we can help grow with our customers. Um, so my, my main task is, of course, to focus on profitable growth. And that's the, the whole team coming together. And in yeah. that, you asked about the KPIs. The, uh, the rule of 40, the net MRR, the churn and the CAC payback are maybe the most important ones to understand if we are on track. Yeah. But of course, we do uh, follow additional ones that provides more detail on certain aspects over time. And, and uh, from a sales perspective, um, the, the above are, of course, uh, important. But as I mentioned before, I, I do dig into the details of the pipeline on, uh, on a daily basis with the different ways and shapes and forms of how you can look at the pipeline, but also activity level. Um, and um, I'm, I'm really obsessed about understanding how we deal with our customers and uh, how sales develops those uh, discussions and our conversion rates and how velocity looks like, our win rate, blah, 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 all of those yeah. are important but you need to put the sort of the most important ones in, in and, and then follow them but you can get lost here as well but there are so much detail that you, you need to understand and i'm quite detail oriented when it comes to that to really ensuring that we are moving in the right direction mm. i think it's important as you said to to have like the the north star metrics that people can buy into and understand that yeah this is important yada yada and then maybe the, the ones that are for me, the nitty-gritty ones so that you can look into and tweak so that you don't force those type of KPIs onto the team because maybe no. they are not leading the results but rather like a lagging effect exactly. of what you do. Exactly. That's a very good summary. Mm. Uh, and the, on the KPI topic, um, in terms of your experience and the, the different... Uh, uh, the different departments collaborating. Uh, how would you say that you can delegate responsibility or, or accountability to the different teams to make sure that you get that umbrella perspective from a, from a, a CRO point of view? Yeah, uh, I think 
I don't know if this really answers your question, but uh, at least to a certain extent, what we have actually done is that we have uh, early on this year, we put up a new commission structure aligning sales and CS so that we could make sure that CS focus on retention first and foremost, but they're also responsible for growth. And that needs to meet uh, the way sales is going about as well. And they are mostly responsible for, for growth, but also for retention. So the commission model is super transparent and also in interlock with each other so that you can actually ensure that the team as a whole is working well together. That explains also that CS has a role that is specific and sales has another role that is specific. And you, you need both in order to ensure ensuring success. And yeah. that way, it was very easy for me to sort of hand over the responsibility, as you say, yeah. uh, for the organization and, and drive it that way. It took some time to get it implemented and I got a lot of questions back because this was a new approach in the in, in the company. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I, I think that everyone really understood the value of it and the different perspectives. So it yeah. has worked, panned out quite well. Yeah, that's really interesting. And and on that, definitely answer the question. I think there's like two ways of delegating and putting someone accountable. It's partially uh, through the like, yeah, if you want to steer someone, you can talk about commission, right? That's one very effective thing to, to work with. Yeah. But I think the other one is, of course, the culture. Like, this is expected, and this is how we should work, so to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but talking about commission, because I can imagine there's a lot of companies out there that's been having to do a shift, perhaps towards more profitable or, like, getting a red thread throughout the, the organization uh, and the departments. How did it, uh, how did it go? Was it an easy process? What did you evaluate before rolling it out? What did you learn? No, I mean, it's, I think the whole industry has gone through a, a shift, right, as you, you alluded to, from uh, only focusing on growth. And, and now we're focusing on uh, profitability. So yeah. a cornerstone and the joint measure for everyone is net MRR. And, and uh, first and foremost, we all need to understand what net MRR means, why it's the, maybe the most important uh, uh, metric that we have and that we can drive it and and um, this is a constant uh, thing that we have in the company in our revenue team meetings we, we talk about it all the time we have also financial updates where we talk about the importance of that and we have also been able to turn things around and uh, we are on track now with, with getting to where we want to be as a company uh, yeah. in terms of that so it has been a good journey for us where we actually understand and values the importance of uh, profitability yeah. and then growth. But it takes some time to, to get back to, to, uh, to that. Yeah. And uh, any sp anything in, in uh, particular in terms of the commission model, like what was the feedback that you've gotten? Is, is it too early to evaluate if it's been good or bad, would you say? Or like how has the feedback uh, gone so far? Yeah, I think it goes into nitty-gritty details when, when, uh, when you start to compare. This is what I have, and this is an uncertain uh, future. And then you start yeah. to debate, is this going to make me more uh, or less successful, blah, blah, blah. So it's always those kind of discussions. And, and to be honest, Max, I have yet to see the perfect uh, commission model. It doesn't uh, exist. And I've seen quite a few during my career, to be honest. But yeah. I think this actually uh, has proven so far that it's pretty good, uh, mm -hmm. to my understanding. So a secret recipe of uh, almost touching upon the perfect commission model. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's a good uh, good title for the episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Um, nice. And this, the, as you said, you talked, uh, you've experienced a lot of different ones. Can you share some really, really bad commission models? Like what to avoid or common mistakes, perhaps? Now, I, I, I don't know if I have that, but what I think in sales sometimes is that um, it's a hard job to be in sales and you need to do the uh, legwork and then earn the deal. Mm. Sometimes, I've, I've, especially in bigger organizations, I've seen that there, there are bluebirds and uh, I'm not a big fan of bluebirds. Uh, I think that's an anomaly when people get paid on deals which they have not been a sort of part of uh, building up. That's not fair. Mm. And it, but it's sometimes also uh, hard to avoid, right? But uh, and maybe that's a shortcoming of the commission model as well. Mm. So, uh, yeah, that's a uh, that's, uh, good input. Um, mm? And it's uh, time to, uh, to wrap up a bit. Uh, I'm curious if you have any suggestions for me to bring on the podcast any guests names uh, people in uh, SaaS in Europe yeah and uh, I think uh, one person that came to mind contemplating over this question is uh, to understand the investors perspective a little bit mm-hmm. and the one person that I think is interesting and I've seen on stage as well is uh, Lars Svedar the MD and chief investment officer at Montero it would mm-hmm. be super interesting to get his perspective on the market dynamics and the current environment. Because what I've seen from them, it's a, a very professional company and, and getting him uh, on the podcast would be a good thing, I think, Max. Yeah, that's really good advice. And Montero we like because they uh, were part of them. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, nice. That's a good one. Uh, anything else? Anyone else? I think that you have a long list of people, so um, I think I stick to one. <laughs> yeah, th- th- thank you. Uh, my pipe is uh, is full now. <laughs> Great, awesome. And just to summarize a bit with uh, at least my like key, key takeaways for this one, uh, I think. Uh, and let me th- see if I got the quote right here. But one of the things that you said from that book: uh, make sure to understand before you make yourself understood. Exactly. Yeah. I really like that one. That's good. That's uh, that's something that I'm going to take with me. Uh, and also the introduction video for all new employees. Uh, yeah. I think that's a great way to create a personalized touch and uh, to uh, to get a good onboarding and a familiar face. And also the, the similarity between the hiring process and sale process. Like if it's a good candidate, be quick and work with the details to make it work. Yeah. I think that's, uh, yeah, the... the uh, there's so much truth in that because if you do it well and follow it and make that extra little step, then you'll close both the candidate and the deal. Yeah, exactly. It's all about trust again, right? Building yeah. the trust and also uh, really understanding the detail. I think it's, and, and, and this, I also mentioned it before, but transparency. It, there are no, uh, I mean, green uh, lawns uh, that you uh, jump into, right? There are always yeah. some uh, things that needs to be uh, dealt with. That's why it's called the job as well. So be yeah. open and transparent with that and make sure that people understand what the job is all about. That yeah. makes life a lot easier. Yeah, and then uh, I'll just add that as a fourth key takeaway <laughs> because now you just said it, so that's great. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much for, for joining me, Frederick. Pleasure. It was a pleasure having you on board. And uh, yeah, I wish you and the winning temp uh, all the best going forward. Yeah, thank you, Max. It's been a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for inviting me. Yeah, take care. Bye.
Alright, shifting the focus to you that's been listening, just want to remind you that this is an interactive podcast, so hit the link in the episode description. There, you can join the discussion with other listeners and comment on episodes. You can also submit ideas for upcoming guests, topics, or simply upvote what other people have already suggested. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it to someone that might be curious, friends, co-worker, or that random person in your LinkedIn feed. Last but not least, leave a rating if you enjoyed it. While we're at it, add me on LinkedIn to see short video clips from the podcast and enjoy the rest of your day. See ya. Last quarter, I smashed my quota. Short memory, I forgot what I sold you. Sales pro wisdom like Yoda. I wanna witch my prospects, that's your phone up. Now you got me hitting the phones. I'm in sales, I love hitting the phones. One call closer while sitting at home. I'm in sales, I love hitting the phones. Last quarter, I smashed my quota. Short memory, I forgot what I sold you. Sales pro wisdom like Yoda. I wanna witch my prospects, that's your phone up. Now you got me hitting the phones. I'm in sales, I love hitting the phones. Phone. Gotta hit the phone. One call closer while sitting at home. I'm in sales. I love hitting the phones. Gotta hit the phone.